Harry Potter is enrolled in a photography class to learn how to take better dick pics, and his professor is Draco Malfoy? Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth are directing a Titanic exhibit, and Jon Snow is the security guard? Tony Stark is producing a dating show on a tropical island, and all the Avengers are the contestants? There is no way stories like this exist. And there is no way three best friends would read them and put their reactions out for the world to hear. I mean, no one would do that, right? Guys? I'm Allie Lefevre. I'm Lindsay Rush. I'm Danny Chapman. And, and this is Fangasm. The following podcast is rated H for horny. It contains adult themes, sexually explicit content, strong language, and characters we don't own. Welcome back to Fangasm. I'm Allie. I'm Danny. I'm Lindsay. And welcome to season 25 of the podcast, Car Rental Season. Woo! <laughs> a quarter of a century <laughs> of laughter and sex. Yes. Shoved into five years. Driven into your hearts. I'm going to try to make the car rental thing work, and I can't. So good it hurts. Yeah, that one. H-E-R-T-Z. <laughs> <laughs> you did that last week. Did I really? <laughs> No, you said Hurts so good. Oh. So I want a Hurts joke. I want the same Hurts joke every episode this season 25. Wait, why did I say it last time we recorded? 21 was all about booze. 25 is all about cars. We were, Oh, we were talking about it. I made the same fucking joke. That's so embarrassing. Well, you did a slight twist. It was like, Ooh, oh, that yeah. was Hurts so good and this was so good it hurts. <laughs> it's called Innovation Losers. Avis, we try harder. That's <laughs> yeah, because we couldn't think of like Enterprise Avis. Like nothing else has a lot of- When I go to the strip club, I throw dollar <laughs> rental car coupons. <laughs> budget. I stretch my budget and throw oh. dollars. My budget isn't the only thing that stretches. <laughs> it's sort of like a- We'll work on it, okay? The most important thing to announce is that it is our June season, and so we have picked something. I guess we were like, we're going to pick stuff that comes out in June, but our fandom is something that just ended. Yes. But we're very excited. We're burning it down. We're going to make sure they can't come back for any sort of spinoff. <laughs> I'm too ashamed to come back. It's like, you know, if you have a, I'll just say it succession-sized hole in your heart, mm -hmm. this will fill that hole mm -hmm. and some other holes. So we're really excited. It's our six-sex-sex-sex-in. Sex-sex-sex-session. Sex-sex-sex-session. Who will make it to the top and who will end up at the bottom? <sighs> yes. Who will end up as our top and bottom? Yeah. I am so excited about this season. Same. We'll do our messages before we get into it, but um, I'm still finishing the last season. It's already come out. So we have made sure that there won't be any spoilers, although there be some things that if you are behind on, you might not notice. And of course, we'll do our, what do we call it when we just do the quick recap of who's who and what's what? Foreplay. We'll do our foreplay and get, get one ready, but it's so much fun. I love Danny's foreplay. Here's the 45 things you need to know. <laughs> Let's take you back to where succession began. Logan Roy came over as a young child. In 1932, the stock market collapsed. <laughs> <laughs> It was not that year, but I think it was around that. The, uh, the potato famine in Ireland. Okay, where do we- We used to trade rocks for fish, and then we created fish-scale currency. <laughs> um, 
what are, we've got some announcements. We've got exciting things to plug, right? We do. I have one. It's still June, which means it's still Pride, which means you can still send us in donations in speaking of bartering for stickers. So what we want is you to get that hot, steamy, sticky action, Ooh. donate to <laughs> LGBTQIA plus um, organizations, you know, things like um, the Trevor Project or GLAD or Lambda Literary supports LGBTQIA plus authors. So kind of on theme to what we're doing here. So, um, Make a donation, send us your receipts, and we'll send you a really fun we made and updated Pride Chip stickers. It's really cute. So pray for water bottles. You could put it on your lower back and do a little temporary lower back tramp, stamp, <laughs> whatever it is. We just want to make sure that we're doing all we can to support those who need it, especially right now. Indeed. So yeah, just either email us or DM us with a copy of your donation receipt or even a picture of you, again, kind of out in the community and supporting the LGBTQIA plus community in any way you can. Send us a nude, but with like the CVS receipt covering up all the dirty bits. And then. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we ask. It's totally, it's for charity. Any receipt and any nude, and we'll give you a sticker. <laughs> you guys, what is sticky icky? Because when you said sticky, it made me think of sticky icky. Remember that was like a phrase in songs? I thought it was the lyric from something. Is it weed? Is sticky icky weed? Okay, I wasn't sure. Chronic. Okay, that's chronic. I think chronic is also <laughs> weird. That's oh. never, you've never sounded less cool. Oh, that's chronic. <laughs> oh, that is chronic. Mm. <laughs> wow, I was off base. <laughs> I did think, I also thought chronic, and then. I did think it was ejaculation, <laughs> but I was sorely mistaken. <laughs> Allie's been doing a ton of that sticky icky. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to everybody oh, who's donated so far. We're super excited. You guys are the best. Two. Okay, so. Next order of business is Lindsay and I have a surprise for Danny. So when we were deciding fandoms that we were going to read this season, Succession was the one we landed on, but we had a couple other ideas that we tossed around. And since we couldn't get to those stories, we decided to take a story Danny found and spin it into a prompt with a couple little tweaks. <laughs> and so we are going to read this story for you, Danny. I mean, Lindsay, do we even tell him the prompt? I think we just get into no, the story. No, I don't think we should so say crazy. the prompt, but I think we say this was a movie coming out in June. It's yes. Indiana Jones. And we just yeah. said, you know, to kick off new seasons, we'll do chat GPT little prompts Instead of songs, we'll still probably sing sometimes. I know we have a couple fans of our albums, <laughs> but these are just fun. <laughs> Gotta keep them guessing. I guess, Allie, we'll tell our little anecdote of how neurotic I was about this prompt <laughs> at the end of it, because you have to know the prompt to know. Okay. So I'm going to read this because Allie's reading the, the season, right? Yeah, I'm going to kick off and read the story. So I'm so excited. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay, so I'm going to kick it off with the prompt, shouldn't I? Yes. Right? Or do you want it to be like a surprise? I think it should be a surprise. Oh, it should be a surprise. I'll try and guess the prompt. Try okay. to guess the okay. prompt. Yeah, well, let's just read it and then Danny guess the prompt You're again. right. You're right. This feels like Crystal Pepsi all over again. <laughs> okay. In a world where adventure and science intertwine, two extraordinary individuals found themselves embarking on a quest that would test their wits, challenge their beliefs, and even kindle an unexpected connection. This is the story of Indiana Jones and Ross Geller ah. as they set out to prove the existence of unicorns and find themselves entangled in an enchanted journey. Oh, my God. Because Ross Geller is a paleontologist. Paleontologist? <laughs> but they're looking for unicorns? They are. Looking for unicorns. <laughs> Danny, wait. You got to hear the – Lindsay, I think it's time we share the concern we had about this story. So we were like – 
The story that Danny had found for the season that we were maybe going to do if we did an Indiana Jones season was Indiana Jones and then Rick O'Connell from The Mummy. Yeah, from The Mummy. And so we were like, well, who is another person from pop culture who's like in the archaeology world? Archaeology <laughs> world. And I thought of Ross Geller. And then I was like, no, wait, he's a paleontologist. And so I like looked up the definition and like paleontologists do animal bones and remains and fossils, but archaeologists do like um, artifacts. And I was taking this all so you could I already sound too serious about a chat GPT like erotic. She goes, Oh no. It'll never work. Oh, we got a problem. <laughs> One's an archaeologist and the other is a paleontologist. Like I was like, under what world would they be working together? Doo-doo-doo, Allie goes, Doo-doo-doo. impossible <laughs> prompt shuts down chat GPT. AI ruined forever. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that's not gonna matter. I think we can make it work. I oh no, Allie. Maybe we could fudge the definition a little bit. Allie, terrible news. He's not an archaeologist. So somehow, against all odds, I think they're going to work together. <laughs> Indiana Jones, renowned archaeologist and adventurer, had always been fascinated by myths and legends. The idea of uncovering the truth behind ancient tales fueled his spirit for exploration. Ross Geller, a paleontologist with a passion for unearthing mysteries from the past, <laughs> possessed an insatiable curiosity for the unknown. A real Sam and Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Word had spread of unicorn sightings in the depths of the Amazon rainforest, a place that held countless secrets and uncharted wonders. Intrigued by the possibility of discovering the elusive creature, Indiana and Ross formed an unlikely partnership, combining their expertise in the hopes of finding irrefutable evidence. <laughs> like, if Indiana Jones is all about artifacts, what kind of artifacts does a unicorn leave behind? He's like, a horn. This is ancient sparkle. <laughs> it could be glitter. I think a horn would be a fossil. I think you're in paleontologist world, Allie. It would be like the diamond hooves, you know, <laughs> that they wear mm. out going out. Yes. He'd be like, this proves A brush. That- a glitter brush. <laughs> this proved that they socialized. Yeah. I mean, unbeknownst to them, it turns out it's just Guardians of the Galaxy masquerading <laughs> as fraudulent unicorns this whole time. This whole time. <laughs> that is a uh, joke from Patreon. If you're not a Patreon member, you didn't get it, but you can become one. Oh, ding. True. Uh, equipped with a shared determination, the duo embarked on an arduous journey deep into the lush wilderness of the Amazon. Trekking through dense foliage, navigating treacherous terrain, and battling swarms of insects, their quest seemed almost impossible. Yet fueled by their shared passion, they pressed on. I can't imagine Ross Geller doing well in this environment. Clothed and afraid. (laughs) (laughs) Super close. I feel like Ross would be like, he's like the most doubting Thomas ever. Like, oh, maybe we should turn back. Like, he's just like, pivot! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's pivoting with all his equipment. Indiana's like, be quiet. You're disturbing uh, the unicorns. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. I can't go with friends. <laughs> <laughs> Days turned into weeks as Indiana and Ross delved further into the heart of the rainforest. The trials they faced only strengthened their bond, each relying on the other's knowledge and courage to overcome the obstacles in their path. Along the way, they encountered indigenous tribes who shared ancient stories of majestic horned creatures believed to be unicorns. Mm. Their accounts fueled Indiana and Ross's determination, propelling them forward. Finally, after weeks of relentless pursuit, their perseverance bore fruit. Mm. Deep within the unexplored depths of the Amazon, they stumbled upon a hidden cave adorned with integrate carvings and symbols. And inside a hot tub with a wildling (laughs) and (laughs) I want the big woman. When, when they make the musical, when they do the jukebox musical about this podcast and they string together all of the stories we've ever read, that's perfect. <laughs> that's what it'll be. Can you imagine that the unicorn is just in the hot tub with 
Yeah, with Torben them. and Brienne. Just the three of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a sacred place, a sanctuary dedicated to the mythical creatures they sought. As Indiana and Ross stepped into the cavern, a hushed silence fell upon them. Their eyes widened with wonder as the pale glow of moonlight illuminated an extraordinary sight, the remains of a unicorn skeleton. (gasps) The magnificent creature, once believed to be nothing more than a figment of imagination, now lay before them, a testament to the wonders of the world. (laughs) Chat GPT. And this is like so dark. And then Voldemort is just hunched over drinking its blood. (laughs) Crawling out. Slurping on the bones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Indiana and Ross couldn't deny the attraction that had blossomed between them. Uh, one dead unicorn skeleton. One dead unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> They're hard as a bone. As the power of the horn. Rated H for horn. That's what the story <laughs> <laughs> Their hearts forged through shared trials and triumphs beat in harmony. As they stood in the presence of the unicorn's remains, their fingers intertwined, their eyes met, and an unspoken understanding passed between them. Love, born from the depths of exploration, had found its way into their lives. Are they about to fuck on these unicorn remains? Oh, my God. (laughs) Necrophilia? This is like Romeo and Juliet, like an archaeologist and a paleontologist. Can they ever? (laughs) Could they ever? Are you guys watching the other two on HBO? Oh, are we? It's just one of the best shows in the world. The most underrated, but I have not, uh, I'm not caught up on the newest season. There's a scene where two characters are looking through this popcorn machine, like Romeo and Juliet in the aquarium <laughs> tank from the yeah. Leo DiCaprio. It's so good. I'm picturing these two, like, looking through the unicorn bones, just falling in love. <laughs> <laughs> like the ribs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had that poster, the Romeo and Juliet fish tank poster. Same. I had it on my ceiling, above my bed. I had it above my bed, but on a wall. Good night, Romeo and Juliet poster. Good night, Eminem. <laughs> Mine was at a distance where I could kiss Leo goodnight. You just had to look up at him. Oh. Huge mistake. See, I just rolled over and kissed Elijah Wood because he was framing my room. <laughs> Leo was on the ceiling and Elijah was on four walls. <laughs> Elijah from what film at the time? Like what was the po- – or was it just Ooh. like a tiger beat? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> North, The Good Son, Huck Finn. I meant like what was the poster from? I know what he's from. Um, from my 10,000 subscriptions to Tiger Beat, Bop, yes. Big Bopper, <laughs> Teen Beat. Gotcha. <laughs> One time, I, my best friend from high school, Laura, she always jokes about the time that it was like a torrential rainstorm outside, but it was the day that the new Teen Beat dropped in CVS. <laughs> and I made her walk all the way to the store. And it was like the type of rain and wind where your umbrella rips back. So we were <laughs> sopping wet. We come back and I had them like triple bag my beautiful, pristine Big Bopper. And I was like holding it under a coat. Oh my gosh. Talk about an arduous journey to get a magical artifact. Yeah. Worth it. Their mission had been accomplished and they had discovered something far more precious than any treasure. The unicorn skeleton stood as a testament to their tireless pursuit of knowledge, but it was their love that would forever remain their greatest discovery. That's beautiful. With the unicorn's existence proven and their hearts entwined, Indiana Jones and Ross Geller emerged from the Amazon rainforest, (laughs) forever changed from their journey. Their names would echo through the annals of history, not annals, not only as seekers of truth, but as two souls who dared to embrace love amidst the marvels of the world. The end. Oh my God. Bravo. Wow. What a prompt. Okay, so what was the prompt? Indiana Jones and Ross Geller find love looking for a unicorn remains? Yes. Yeah, so it was uh, 
write a 500-word story where Indiana Jones works with Ross Geller to prove the existence of unicorns, and they find a unicorn skeleton in the Amazon rainforest where they fall in love with each other. Oh, you got you guys, you threw the word skeleton in. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> Allie took it to the next level. I want it dead. <laughs> well, I mean, he's a paleontologist. He doesn't look for them alive. No, the industry. <laughs> He can't see anything but bones. What would Ross do with a living unicorn? His job would be obsolete. <gasps> bones and bones. We didn't do the almost boned in front of bones. Jones and bones. <gasps> Jones in for a bones in. Bravo. Well, <laughs> so that's Indiana Jones. I love that ChatGPT includes the full names always. No, it never turns out like Indiana <laughs> and Ross, you know. It's like Indiana Jones of the movie and Ross Geller from Friends fell in love. <laughs> I think we need to start sprinkling into our chat GBT, and I don't know how sophisticated it is. Can you say, like, use Ross Geller quotes? Like, what I'm looking for them, or, like, same with Michael Scott. I want them to, like, they don't ever, like, really include things that those characters would say, which they have access to on the internet. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. on Michael Scott's date with Ursula, I would have liked for him to say that's what she's saying or something. Like, how do we tell them to, like— Include dialogue true to the character from Friends or something. Like, do we put that Probably in? Probably could, yeah. I think you could try, but I, I think that's where our human authors are going to be better. Because that's our last <laughs> story. It was so good the way that they kept getting, like, the villain's lines in. And so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The context. Yeah, there was no, like, Marcel reference. Nothing about Monica. <laughs> Not a single thing about any of his wives. Not a single Chandler mention of this whole story. <laughs> As he pulled the unicorn's remains, he was saying, pivot, pivot. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, well. I'll just say this. I don't know how Harrison Ford is continuing to make these movies. God bless him. Money, I know. I know that. That can be our transition. And pay enough money and you can do anything. But Yeah, because he seems to hate all the IP he's a part of. He's just like the best, grumpiest interviewee. He's so grumpy. Grumbling through. Yeah. Okay, so do we want to get into episode one in the season? Yes. Get into succession? Let's switch gears. Let's do it. Okay, succession. Succession is about a family that owns like a media conglomerate. They're all assholes. The dad who started the business has three kids and- Four kids. (laughs) (laughs) We always forget the fourth kid. Justice for Connor. You care just as little about Connor as Logan himself. I don't even know. Remember? remember? (laughs) You guys, there was a funny like- poll of like, it said, which generation is the most overlooked? And it listed every single one as an option except Gen X. Yeah. And this would go, which which succession child is the most overlooked? And it just wouldn't list him, thereby proving- Poor Con. Poor Connor. Well, there's two. There's the the two boys. The girl, Shiv, is married to this guy, Tom, who's like, also runs the business. They got cousin yeah. Greg, who kind of came out of the woodwork and is just like freeloading. And then like all of these like old guard professionals- And I always like to think about, like, what is the rest of the company thinking when, like, all these crazy kind of headlines about this terrible family are coming out? Like, the customer service rep is, like, listening to the annual report, you know? Right. (laughs) So, basically, all the kids are fighting over who gets to take over the company. Yeah. Is the big, like— Who's next? Yeah. That's the succession of the company. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's like really the premise of the entire show is like who is going to end up on top. It's like Game of Thrones, but business. Yeah. Yeah. Less swords. Okay. That's all you need to know. It's like Arrested Development, but they're worse people. (laughs) Meets Game of Thrones. Yeah. All right, should we get into it? I'm so excited about the story. I say we do it. Okay. The title of the story is called The Logical Fallacy of Wanting to. And the author is Gregory John Hirsch, which is the name of, that's the name of Greg's character. Oh, yeah. So Greg could have written the story. Oh, that's (laughs) cute. 
That's funny. This could be an autobiography. I didn't know his middle name. I knew he was Greg Hirsch, but I didn't know. You of all people should know, Lindsay. I know. I should. You waltzed with him once. (laughs) So uh, it looks fantastic. The premise is a hoot. Let's get into it. Tom wasn't used to seeing Greg like this. Well, not all out in the open with everyone else, at least. Once in a while, when it was only the two of them and drinks were flowing, sure. He had seen Greg show a little bit more confidence, use a little bit more bravado, especially when Greg was a little drunk like he was now. It's not completely unusual. But it was becoming a weekly thing now. The two of them out at a club, picking up girls, or trying to. Since when did Greg become the one who was good at this, Tom thought? What's gotten into him since Italy? (laughs) There's going to be like slight show references. Don't worry. No spoilers. Don't worry about it. It had started with a conversation when they had gotten home after the wedding. Tom explained the situation with him and Logan and Shiv and the siblings. He told Greg all about how they were going to have a trial separation. And that was all he really knew about what they were doing. Beyond that, Shiv really didn't want to talk about it. And then Greg had suggested they go out more. They party more. They pick up more chicks together and be each other's wingman. Tom had said yes, but only because he was humoring Greg. He didn't actually think that the man was capable of all that. And yet now here they were. Greg was at the bar, a girl on each arm, and Tom was watching from the corner where he stood alone nursing his third Appletini of the night. You know, in real life, they say that Nicholas Braun is like a playboy. Well, they also say he's a monster, so we should be careful. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm. Oh, okay. Allegedly... Mm. I take issue with their assigning Tom an Appletini. I think Tom's a little cooler than that. I think he would have a really nice, like, Bordeaux. Yeah, I think he'd have red wine or he'd have, like, an yeah. actual martini or, like, a Manhattan or something. But mm-hmm. but I think if Tom was unrestrained and living his best life, he'd be having an Appletini. <laughs> you know, I think he would have Maybe. a Bordeaux trying to impress, but he wants an Appletini. Yeah, but the real, the deep down Tom wants a Cosmo. I also feel like maybe... Greg is buying and he keeps coming back with these drinks and Tom's just like, fine, yeah. I guess we're drinking Appletini's like, I guess it's pucker now. <laughs> and Greg's like, chicks love Appletini's. Like, okay. <laughs> Tom knew that Greg probably was going to suggest that each take one of the girls, split the night in two, and regroup tomorrow to swap stories. But he also knew that when that happened before, Tom had never been able to follow through. So Greg ended up going home with at least one of them. That was the part where Tom stopped thinking about it because he didn't want to know the details of what happened when Greg was having sex with gorgeous women and Tom was the last thing on his mind. So he tried to pretend and tell himself that tonight he'll try to fuck the one that Greg generously handed over to him. And this is giving Greg so much credit. He is like so less cool on the show. (laughs) If for no other reason than to not have to talk about his failures again in the morning. Greg would take his date to his place, Tom would stay a little longer, have a few more drinks, and then part ways with him. It wasn't an ideal night, but it was the best of the nights he'd been having lately. Finally, just as he'd been anticipating, Greg left the girls at the bar and approached him. He was wearing that shit-eating grin and bobbing his head like the douchey ex from the early aughts sitcom, and Tom was already tired of it. He was thinking about his warm, empty bed back home, probably about his dog that he never seems to take care of. Mondale. <laughs> he was thinking about giving Greg another good night, which he thought of as his good deed, his charity work. Maybe he won't give it a shot tonight. Maybe he would just be honest again. So, Greg greeted him, huddling a little too closely as he spoke under his breath in the crowded room. 
We have a bit of a potential snafu regarding the ladies I've procured for the night's enjoyment. A snafu? Tom asked, disinterested. Instinctively, he stepped away from Greg. And what kind of snafu would that be? Well, they're on board with the evening's plans. Very on board. Greg (laughs) chuckled a little as he looked back at them and offered a little wave. However, they're not quite in agreement yet as to who will be accompanying whom back to their respective abodes. I don't want to say it's come to blows just yet, but I could see it getting that way if we don't find a compromise soon. What the fuck are you saying, Greg? Well, they both chose the same person. Neither wants to give up their choice, which puts me in a bit of a pickle. Tom rolled his eyes. It's fine, Greg. They're both very pretty. If they both want you, you should have them. Mazel tov. No, no, Greg said, stepping closer again. They both want you. Tom casted his eyes upward, his gaze searing into Greg's. Bullshit. Swear to God, man, I've been trying to persuade them. Ooh, I don't know if I like that. Ooh. (laughs) There was a suggestion of rolling dice or picking cards, but we have neither at hand. (laughs) For God's sakes, Greg, this is embarrassing. When Tom looked away again, Greg raised a hand comfortingly to his shoulder. What is? You're doing this to make me feel better. They don't want me, Greg. You've put them up to it. Swear I haven't. He looked back at them again, and now they were approaching. Look, they're coming. See what they say. You told them to say it. Whatever they say, what did you do, Greg? Pay them? Dude, what's so hard to believe here? Just then, the woman approached. Greg straightened his back and finally gave Tom a little space as he introduced them. Dana. 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 (laughs) Here she is. (laughs) Season five, Dana. Season five, Dana. She's back. (laughs) Wait, I don't remember Dana. Draco. Dana's Draco. When they had xerophilia. Oh my gosh. Dana, yeah. It was? All grown up. Dana. Oh my gosh, Dana. Because that's my grandpa's name. Dana Rush? It's a boy's name too. It is. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's not your grandpa. Grandpa? Yeah, I don't think he's hanging out. Your grandpa's a gold digger. He doesn't like apple teenies. That's how I know. Dana, he said, gesturing to the blonde. This is Tom. Tom, Dana. He turned next to the brunette. Harriet. <laughs> is that what we said, Harriet? <laughs> yeah. Cleo. Cleo, Tom. Tom, Cleo. Tom shook their hands, unimpressed but polite. Pleased to meet you, he said. We were just chatting with your friend here, Dana said. And it sounds like, hold on, what was the thing that Dana took the morning after? It was some like hangover, like our Dana from season five. I can't remember. Oh, it was like, it was like a potion to cure a hangover, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were just chatting with your friend here, Dana said, and it sounded like you two were looking for some company. She reached out her hand, smoothed it down the front of Tom's lapel, which is perfect because my roommate and I are also looking for some company. I have a very large company with several (laughs) companies underneath it. (laughs) We're looking to run the company. I mean, for some company. (laughs) Have I got a company for you? (laughs) Company's a little bit of a hot topic in this family (laughs) right now. Let's leave that word out of tonight, okay? Triggered. Let's take this to the boardroom. (laughs) And, Greg added with emphasis, I was saying that perhaps you'd be so kind, Tom, as to accompany Miss Dana back to your place. He leaned in close to her and smiled. He's got a penthouse. He's got a Barbie dream house. I've got Barbie (laughs) on the brain, and I just thought a fun chat GPT prompt would be, that Kendall is the Ken doll in a Barbie. He'd be such an Eeyore Ken doll. He'd be the, that's why it'd be so funny. Yeah. He'd be like the least dreamboat. He'd be like, if you really think about it. Hey guys, I'm the number one doll. He's pursuing his rap career. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to sell him on me, she said, cocking her head to the side. 
Tom couldn't remember the last time a woman looked at him like this. It's not that he was uncomfortable exactly. It's just that he didn't know what to do with a look like that. Maybe he had never gotten a chance in his whole life to know. Well now, I don't see why I can't join in on the fun, Cleo added, sliding up, wedging her body between Tom and Greg's. I like a penthouse. Greg stepped back and threw his hands in the air at Tom. An apparent, see what I mean, gesture. It felt real now, finally, to Tom, that he was in a club with two beautiful women that they both want him. Maybe because Greg said the magic word and they knew he was rich, but what does that matter? They both wanted him. Maybe there wasn't much he could do about that, but maybe for once he really should try. Why can't we all just have a good time together, Dana said. The three of us. And Greg stepped back even more, clearly accepting a gentleman's defeat. (laughs) Oh, Tom shook his head. I couldn't do that to my buddy here. No man left behind. He let out a nervous laugh, but they seemed unmoved. And even Greg was smiling, probably okay with being left out so Tom could have a good time. He could join too, Cleo said. It could be like a little party. She looked at Greg and winked, and he was drawn back in closer. What? Tom asked. You mean like the four of us? Like the four of us Roy children? (laughs) (laughs) I was like a foursome. (laughs) Greg's like the Connor of this story already. Call this a collaboration (laughs) session. (laughs) Yeah. Cleo took Greg's hand and pulled him closer. You said you guys are known as the disgusting brothers. We're not. (laughs) Tom firmly stated. I just thought of they should call their hookup a headboard meeting instead of a board meeting. Oh, yeah. It's a good episode title. Disgusting brothers. (laughs) We're not. Tom stated firmly. It's a working title. Greg clarified. So what do you say? Tom listened to Dana's question close to his ear, and it was undeniable that maybe this way with the four of them together— Maybe he would be able to perform, or maybe it would just be the complete opposite. A crowd too large, the pressure too high. He didn't want to be the odd man out on opening night. He glanced over at Greg. Greg, who was propping his chin playfully atop Cleo's head as he looked at Tom, waited for an answer. I think my friend and I should maybe... Tom stopped to clear his throat. throat) We should discuss this first. Discuss? Dana asked. What's there to discuss? Yeah, Tom. Greg punched his fist playfully into Tom's shoulder. What's there to discuss? Tom (laughs) felt his heart racing. Maybe it was adrenaline. Maybe it was the lines of cocaine he just snorted in the bathroom 15 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it was the heart attack he'd been long overdue for. Either way, he smiled as he pulled Greg away from Cleo and close to him again. Just a couple of minutes, dears, please, if you don't mind. Why don't you just go each get another drink on us? Appletini. <laughs> That's it. There's a special tonight. <laughs> special tonight. Well, Appletini's. Dollar Teenies. We haven't sold the company yet, so. <laughs> okay, Dana said, but don't go anywhere. She ran her lips against his chin as he spoke. Ooh. And then she was off, the two of them arm in arm as they headed back to the bar. Dude, Greg practically shouted. We're doing this, right? I mean, we have to. You're going to blow the deal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Tom shook his head. Keep your pecker in your pants, will you? We have to discuss this. Discuss what? It's a foursome, dude. That's like so hot. Greg, Tom braced his hands on Greg's arm and faced him. Look at me. Are you even thinking this through? A foursome isn't just two guys and two girls, all fun. It's complicated, logistically speaking. How so? Have you ever even had a threesome, Greg? (laughs) Have you? That's not, listen, my point is, it's a lot of work. We're salaried here. We're already putting in overtime. (laughs) Trying to make sure you please one partner in bed is daunting enough. You think you got it until you please three? Well, Greg thought for a moment. I mean, technically, it wouldn't be me pleasing three people because we're sharing the girls, right? And I mean, you and I aren't getting each other off, so? 
Tom considered the logic. What about the obvious, Greg? Greg stared down at him and thought, what obvious? The ratings. (laughs) The ratings, Greg. (laughs) That you and I would be, Tom looked around them before he continued. You and I would be in the bed together too, naked and everything. We'll be having sex in the same bed with different people. You don't think it'll be weird? Tom stared up at him intensely as he walked him through it. You and me, naked, hard, hands and mouths all over the place. You don't think that in the dim room, a hand might wander, Greg. A mouth <laughs> might touch something it doesn't mean to. You don't think that in a situation like that, a dick might end up high-fiving another dick? <laughs> there are definitely going to be two dicks high-fiving at the end of this. One way or the other, two dicks will be high-fiving. A firm business handshake at the very least by two dicks, please. <laughs> That's our dong shake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> what? Think about it, Greg. Think about us. Can we do that? Greg's eyes went wide and got a little glossy even. I mean, I guess I didn't really. And then his focus faded. His gaze was distant and he was processing. I were the disgust. If you say disgusting brothers one more time, I'll cut off your dick. (laughs) Greg swallowed hard and nodded. I just think that we're better off keeping this clean, Tom told him, relaxing and uncomplicated. But Greg shrugged as he glanced back at the girls. It's two girls. Tom sighed. Well, what do you suggest? I don't want to take them back tonight with all these big expectations and then fail to follow through once things got hot and heavy, you know? Performance management anxiety. (laughs) (laughs) These are all like good episode titles. Greg seemed to be thinking again. Thinking was always a little dangerous in these situations. As a Roy, you do not think. There is no thinking. (laughs) Just feel. Thinking was always a little dangerous in these situations, or at least to Tom when it came to Greg, but he allowed it. And then Greg looked at him and smiled. Maybe you and I just need to see each other naked first, you know? Like maybe we, Greg? No, maybe we do. Like, you know, ripping off the Band-Aid or whatever. Like maybe you and I go back first and we see each other naked. Then we call the girls in and it's not weird anymore. Are you hearing yourself, Tom Lapp? Such a Greg idea. Such a Greg idea. Greg, you sound insane. No, I'm saying it makes sense. Most of the awkwardness would be because we've never done this before, right? So I don't know, maybe if we see each other naked and we just sort of bring the girls back, ask them to make themselves at home in the living room with a glass of wine and an episode of what? Real Housewives while you and I fondle each other in the bedroom? Not fondle. And then we just sort of call them back in when we're ready for them like it's a fucking doctor's office. Greg took a moment and processed the scenario. See, in my mind, it plays out differently. Oh, you've written a whole scenario for the night, have you? Please then, enlighten me, Arthur Miller. (laughs) I don't know who that is. That's death of a salesman. (laughs) Tom opened his mouth, about to answer, but the girls were already back, fresh drinks in hand. Miss us? Cleo asked. Hey, Greg smiled at her, draping his arm around her shoulders. We were just talking about tonight. You guys said you're in for the weekend, right? Yeah, Dana told him. Uh, We leave Monday morning. We have to go back to Hogwarts. It's complicated. (laughs) Perfect. Um, He looked at Tom, who wasn't saying anything, so he took it as a permission to continue. How about tomorrow night? The four of us. Can we meet at the apartment and, I don't know, have a good time? Tomorrow? Tom asked. Yeah, you want to wait? Dana said. She pressed her body into Tom's. Because I was really hoping for tonight. We'll make it worth your while, Greg promised. He had no idea how he'd make it worth their while. (laughs) Have you ever considered an anger position at a media conglomerate? Yeah, listen. Let us get your numbers and we'll call you, okay? I thought it said, I thought it said, let us get the numbers. Like they were just going to run some numbers and we'll see. (laughs) Also, 
like people suggest things like a foursome in a dark club after some drinks. It's not something that you like put on the schedule. Like give us 24 hours and let's meet back up. But I'm impressed. I mean, Lindsay, have you ever had a foursome? Do you know how the scheduling goes? I, maybe this is classic foursome scheduling. It is. You don't just wing it. You got to be organized when you have a foursome. Can't go in willy nilly. I guess. Like golf, right? You need a tee time. You're going to do a foursome, a uh-huh. scramble. You can't just get on the field. <laughs> yep. You can't get on the green. A sexy scramble. I do think if they, speaking of scramble, serve them breakfast in bed the next morning, we know it'll be tomlets made with Greggs. <laughs> with cracked Greggs. You got to scramble a few Greggs to make a tomlet. Or crack? Crack. You got to crack a few Greggs to make a tomlet. <laughs> the girls seemed to silently confer in their own secret code before Dana nodded. Okay, she said. She reached her hand out for Greggs' phone, and when he handed it over, she typed in her number and texted herself from it. There. But you better come through. We will, Greg promised. Just, we have business to tend to tonight. Wall Street stuff? Cleo asked. Sure, yeah. Greg nodded. Wall Street stuff. Dick high five stuff. (laughs) Same thing. Wall Street stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We got to figure out if our stock's going to be up or down, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Tom couldn't imagine what Greg's intentions were, and frankly, he didn't want to. He assumed that Greg wasn't up to the idea of a little competition. Having to admit that for once, someone was choosing Tom over him. This Greg, the new Greg, wasn't much of a time waster when it came to his hookups. As far as Tom had seen, he had never been with the same girl twice. He didn't court them before he fucked them. He was all about efficiency and speed. Meet up, hook up, break up, all in one night if possible. Whoa. Bing, bang, boom. He's an efficient employee, so it's, it's ideal. Yeah. Tom assumed that Greg wasn't going to contact the girls this weekend, that he'd only been humoring them. And then Dana was kissing Tom quite suddenly. Tom was caught off guard, but he welcomed the contact. She tasted like tequila. Consent. There was none, and then there was none. Mm. (laughs) She tasted like tequila, the promise of regret. Her body was warm and close, so Tom accepted it, letting his arms rise around her body, holding her. And when she stopped kissing him, she turned to Greg, who was kissing Cleo, and did the same to him. So Cleo took her own turn on Tom. She tasted different, but she felt the same. Call us, Dana implored, close to Greg's ear after the kiss. And then the girls held hands and walked away. And Tom and Greg stared at them until they were gone. And it was several long aching seconds before they looked back at each other again. Well, Tom nodded blankly. That was a first. Come on, Greg told him, beaming. Let's settle up. We're leaving? Yeah, I told you. I have a plan. Their lips sealed the deal. (sighs) Yeah. A verbal agreement. An oral agreement. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yes. Tom was too, what was he? Too tired? Too worn down? Maybe the opposite? Maybe the kisses breathed new life into him. And maybe he felt something like carefree. Ooh, carefree Tom. But either way, he and Greg settled their tabs at the bar. (laughs) And they walked outside and grabbed a taxi. Greg told the driver to drop them at Tom's place. Tom didn't question it. He was still a little wobbly from the booze, but it was fine. He was fine. He had his wits about him. Greg was sitting close to him in the back seat, but it wasn't unusual these days. Everything these days felt somehow simultaneously both mundane and inspired. So he had just stopped worrying over which was which anymore. They barely talked. And when they arrived at the apartment, Tom figured it would be like it always was. Greg would come up for a drink. They'd chat. They'd make plans. Greg would fall asleep. Or if he was conscious by the end of the night, he'd saunter into the spare room. But when the door closed behind Tom and Tom asked Greg if he'd like a beer... Greg just stood there for a moment, looking at him from across the room. What? Tom asked, a brow raised. I think we should have sex. The end of this episode. 
Cliffhanger. Greg, you saucy little minx. You, you dirty duck. Indecent proposal. Oh. Okay, I have a decent proposal recommendation for the song. Are your stocks up or down? Mm, perfect. Oh, yes. Sure, sure, sure. That's all we care about. Yeah. The bottom line. We're making market moves here. And then at the very end, we should do, are you are you buying or selling? Buying or selling. Yeah, like some final thing. Sorry, but can you guys hear that? Puffin keeps sneezing. It runs in the family. His are cuter. Mm-hmm. When the episode ends, check your underpants. Are your stocks, stocks up, up or down? down? <laughs> okay, stocks are up, guys. What a setup. We got a foursome brewing. We got a little um, shift in dynamic. They're back at their place. Sex is on the table. I, um, yeah, I love these two. I mean, we obviously knew it was a Tom and Greg because we looked for it, but I've been wanting to read a fanfic with these two since like season one. Uh, (laughs) They've been shipped like crazy. So this is so fun. I mean, obviously Gregory John Hirsch is a nom de plume here because Greg could never (laughs) write this well. And I love how... They made just these two idiots <laughs> come to life in this bar. And I love Greg's idea. And I'm excited to see them fondle each other before they fondle some some friends. So I love it. Climbing ladders, climbing each other. That's what we want. <laughs> Breaking the ass ceiling, except they're men. But <laughs> I stocks are trending upwards for me. I like all of it, but especially that Greg is like the confident one here. Mm-hmm. He's bossing Tom around, even though Tom is his boss. Oh, this is uh they should sign some sort of they have to announce to the company that they're We're gonna file an HR complaint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I love it. I'm so excited. Brilliant. It's great. Okay, this is great. Stay tuned to next week. This is gonna be a four-part season. This is Q1. These are the Q1 results. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Not to be confused with Quickie. This is quarter one, first quarter <laughs> results. I love it. And it's looking promising. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We say invest. Stay tuned for our shareholder meeting next week. <laughs> Okay, buy high, sell low. (laughs) You heard it here first. As we always say, buy high, sell low. Stay sexy. Stay horny. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. For an extra dose of bonkers entertainment, join our Patreon where you can access hundreds of hours of unreleased content and bonus episodes featuring your favorite fandoms, plus the ones we'd never dare to read on the pod. Head to patreon.com forward slash fangasm to get in on the action. For a regular hookup, make sure to subscribe to the show everywhere you listen. And if we've left you satisfied, ew, leave a five-star review or higher. For updates, merch, or to submit a story, visit fangasmpodcast.com. And thanks to thousands of other listeners, the fun never sleeps over on our private Facebook group, The Fanny Pack. Click the link in the show notes to join. Once you're in, (laughs) check out the 20-plus listener-led groups that cover everything from pets to pot to pen pals.